What is going on, everyone? Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2023. Welcome back to Hit the Books, the premier sports gambling podcast where we bring the latest news in the sports gambling world and give you our opinions on how to bet it. I am joined today by my fellow co-hosts, Michael Mackey and Alex Ace Ventura. No Jesse this week as he is now in England for work, uh, fresh off a vacation from the Bahamas. Now he's overseas in uh, London, England. Uh, hoping to get him back next week. Ace is going to bring us our newest segment this week. We have a lot of other exciting topics that we're going to touch on, such as, such as the latest in the NHL offseason moves, the NBA offseason, as well as what's going on in the MLB. Um, first, I'll hand things off over to Mackie. Mackie, how have things been with you? Yeah, can't complain, can't complain. Uh, still in the dog days of sports, getting through the MLB, but uh, um, we're getting used to it. We're getting we're getting in the full swing of things in the MLB. We had a little tough stretch there, but we are definitely definitely have a grasp on this thing. So uh, other than that, not much more going on. We had the NHL draft tonight, uh, other sports, get, or the NBA draft last week. And uh, yeah, just getting ready for these seasons to come up. Absolutely. Ace, I will hand things off over to you. How have things been with you? And if you want to roll right into the MLB segment that we're going to get going into, go right ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first off, happy to get talking on another week of sports. Like Mackie said, we're in the baseball swing right now. The dog days of summer, it's heating up over here in Rhode Island. So MLB season's heating up as well. Got to live large last night and watch my Red Sox in a suite at the stadium in Fenway Park. Uh, they got they got trounced, but it's still a cool experience. Um other than that, I'd like to shout out Huff with that Hit the Books merch, repping it on the pod after I did last week. Um, good move there. But uh, yeah, like you said, going to get rolling with our segment this week. And today, got a pretty interesting one. Um, like Mackie said, we're in the MLB season. So I wanted to hear who you guys would put as your all-time starting rotation for an MLB team. Say you had no salary cap, all-time, any year, in their prime. Who do you got for your starting five? Uh, I'll shoot it to Mackie first. He's got the Braves hat on, so he seems yeah, more ready. To yeah, go. I'll, uh, I'll I'll rip this first. No Braves in this, even though definitely there was a few of them that definitely could have got in this. Um, I would I'm not even gonna say honorable mentions because there's so many that you can put in this list. But uh, I'll I'll, I'll uh, rattle these off real quick. Um, number five, I got Clayton Kershaw. Um, early 2000s era, that guy was absolutely unstoppable. I think he's got three Cy Youngs. Um, one of the best pitchers of all time, no doubt. Number four, I'm going to go Roy Halladay. Um, I think he's got multiple perfect games, if I'm not wrong. Um, definitely a few no-hitters. Definitely at least one perfect game. Um, RIP, but he was definitely one of the better, one of the best pitchers in, uh, from what I grew up on watching baseball. Um, number three, I'm going to go Jacob deGrom. Maybe a little bias here, but this guy at his prime is arguably the best pitcher of all time. Um, obviously, he has his injury problems and um the longevity isn't isn't there but i think a two three four year span there he was definitely um doing things that no other pitcher in the mb has ever done um number two i'm gonna go nolan ryan just because um i gotta throw an old head in here just um i feel like uh he definitely deserves it as well i didn't really watch obviously i wasn't able to watch him as much but his accolades are there and uh just another pitcher that dominated the game. Um, number one, I'm going to go Randy Johnson. Uh, I think he won four straight Cy Youngs uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, he's got a got a few World Series as well under his belt. Obviously known for that uh, that throw that he had that hit the bird. That was obviously elect, uh, something that we've never seen before. It was pretty electric. But, uh, yeah, that's my top five. Obviously, there's a few people I left off, I'd like to say. Um, 
John Smoltz, uh, Scherzer, Verlander, absolute elite, elite pitchers. But uh, you know, he's not, you can only have five, right? Yeah, no, I like Absolutely. that list, Mackie. But I like the, that uh, list, yeah. The Degrom pick, though, I, I don't know about that one. Put him three in the rotation I, as listen, well. That's listen, crazy. I, I said bias, but you can't you you can't say I'm wrong. Those those few years there, he was definitely doing things that I don't think anybody has ever done. Yeah, if you could get him at full health, I mean, it's not a bad grab. See, also, like, when I was making my list, I also kind of forgot the thing that you said, kind of go 5-1. to one. And the order it's in, I kind of could go 5-1, to one, Ace, if you want me to just go right here. Are you cool with that? Yeah, jump in. So, all right, I'm going to go. I do have Verlander at 5. Um, I'm going to go Kershaw at 4. A lot of old heads rounding out my top three. Mackie, Randy Johnson at 3. Roy Halladay, RIP, number 2. And then Ace, your guy, Pedro Martinez, I'm going to go number 1. Yeah, my boy Pedro, dude. I mean, you're gonna see him on my list too. I I grew up with his glove. I had the red one as for a long time as a pitcher as a youngin, and then I went to the blue one when he went to the Mets. I mean, just iconic. I absolutely love Pedro Martinez, one of my favorite players of all time. Also, someone that I just remember uh, being on the Mets when I was growing up and really liking them in like '06 when they they made like a playoff run. It was pretty cool. But that's who I really remember from that team. I like the honorable mention when I was younger. I loved uh, CC Sabathia with the Yankees, but he's not going to be on this list for me. You can't. <laughs> the attitude was, was was the best and the facial expressions, but I like how you guys both showed some contemporary love there. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll rip All right, Ace, let's hear it. I'll rip into mine. I, I came up with this question, so this one was pretty tough for me. A lot of honorable mentions. Mackie's right. I had Kershaw in my honorable mention um, ballot. I, guys like Sandy Koufax, but couldn't come around to put them on i'll start five to one at five i had roy holiday just like you guys i mean stud literally from when we were younger r.i.p to him but as with the blue jay with that old jay and the black and silver logo and then going on to the phillies grabbing a world series as well um like maggie said the accolades of no uh no hitters perfect games can't beat that number four i'll go with a, a weird name here phil necro uh the, probably the first good knuckleball pitcher um just a very different guy to add to my staff there I mean, not many do it like, oh, yeah, you have R.A. Dickey and Tim Wakefield, but imagine hitting the ball against him. And his accolades are right up there with guys like Greg Maddox and the other Braves greats. Um, coming in at number three, I have Nolan Ryan, like Mackey. Guy was doing what people are doing today way before it was even a thing. So one of the best players of all time. Number two, I got Randy Johnson. Same reason. I remember him on the Diamondbacks in 03 with Kurt Schilling, just like mowing people down, throwing gas, left-handed as well. Needed to get a lefty on my staff. And at number one, I went with Pedro Martinez as well. Guy's just a stud. From his iconic quotes, tipping over, the guy on the the old guy in the Yankees, Grady Little, I think it was, and uh, then saying, who's your daddy? And then the next year coming back and winning from the 0-4 reverse sweep. I mean, one of my favorite players of all time, and that was a great announcer as well. Yeah, I, I had to get my Pedro number one off because I knew he was going to be your number one. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like I snubbed Pedro now that you guys both put him at your Yeah, I didn't one. put Nolan Ryan in mine. That was the one I forgot. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to miss guys. You can't be perfect in this. You can put 20 guys in this. I wanted, to have to, I wanted to have two and three being old and new. Old you know what new, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I kind of went like early 2000s and then uh, I had, I threw one old head in there. But uh, yeah, great segment, Ace. I like that. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Real quick before we jump yeah. in, I just missed my pick in the fucking draft. So I got somebody that's not even on a roster. <laughs> <laughs> Ninth overall, I took... Who Who even is that? 
Auto, Who is it? Auto pick round one. Pick nine. Your friends are cracking up at you right now. Oh, they're all cooking me. They're like, oh, great <laughs> pick. A guy that's not even on a roster. Oh, my God. Good. Who is it? Uh, somebody I've never even heard of. How do I? I got to get in. I'll get you a name. But I, I could have gotten Kula Bobby. Let's see who went after me. Kennedy Chandler. That's who I got. <laughs> but it's crazy. Is Kula Bobby still on the clock? He's not going to get to me again, though. Tough scene. What are you doing? And what kind of draft are you doing? It's a dynasty basketball dynasty. league rookie draft. You play fantasy basketball? I played it last year. I hated it. I've been playing it for a while, but we started Dynasty Basketball League two years ago. So every year you just do three draft picks for rookies. That's it. And uh, you have to cut three guys from your team if you want. You could even cut your draft pick. But last year I came in second place. So I had the second last pick, which I missed here. But the year before I came in last. So I got Chet Holmgren in the first round. So it's pretty cool. Damn, that's super involved. That's crazy. All right, and we are going to jump over to the NFL. We're continuing with our offseason positional rankings this week when we look at another skill position as the boys showcase their top five wide receivers coming into the 2023 NFL season. Obviously, last week we did the quarterbacks. We got some good debate out of that this week. We are going to dive into the wide receiver position. Who wants to lead us off here? Ace, you want to go reverse order? You go first here. Yeah, so we're going to go top five. I'm going to start one through five. Easier for me to not miss someone there. Um, but coming off first, obviously the toughest spot to be, but I'll get right into it. At number one, I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson. I mean, you see that guy hitting the gritty multiple times every week, scoring touchdowns, putting up 18 catches, 200 plus yards. He's the focal point of the offense. He's the reason you can let Dalvin Cook go. Justin Jefferson's my number one wide receiver. And then coming at number two, surprising pick, but I think he makes the leap to this number two spot this year. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase, fellow LSU wideout. Um, Another target hog out of Cincinnati, even with a lot of options in, in that Bengals offense. Zach Taylor and Joe Barrow still find a way to get him the ball, and he always comes down with it. And matchup nightmare, in my opinion. Um, coming in at number three, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. I mean, how do you sleep on a goat like that? He's been doing it for so long. Many people could still put him at one. I'm going to give the lean to the younger guys with better legs, but Adams is still one of the best players in the league. Red zone beast. Catches everything in the cuts are elite. Um, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams coming at number three. Coming at number four, I'm going to go with a, a, a crazy pick here. Um, maybe not too crazy, but I'm going to put A.J. Brown up there at four. Not a lot of people would probably uh, suggest that one, but after the season he just had, I think more of Jalen Hurts' success can be attributed to A.J. Brown than it can be to Jalen Hurts. I mean, he was that guy. They traded a first-round pick to go get him, and look at what he did to that offense. He made everybody immediately better. And uh, I think if they threw the ball more, he would, his numbers would be even better, but I'm going to put him up there as, at four, the old Miss product. And then coming at number five, I'll go with Stefan Diggs. Um, not, it's a tough call. Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill. Different receivers. Is Tyree Kill even going to play? Um, until I get that confirmation, I'm going to keep him out because if not, I'd put the speed there at five. But I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. Even though he's had some problems with uh, losing the playoffs, that's going to round it out for my top five there. I mean, great players all throughout. And it's tough when you get to that nitty gritty spot, but. Yeah, going to edge out Tyreek with Diggs just because of the off-the-field problems right now. I, l- I like the list. I don't think A.J. Brown is uh, too crazy of a pick. I definitely think he's in that top seven conversation, so I could definitely see him sitting at four. Um, I have a pretty sim- – not a similar list. I think one and two are pretty um, 
uh, steady for all of us, I assume. But number one, I'm going I'm to go Justin Jefferson as well. Coming off an 1,800-yard season, he had eight touchdowns. Um, absolutely stellar season, and he just gets the rock every time. Kirk Cousins knows how to get him the rock. I saw a stat, Ace, not meaning to chirp you at all, but he had like very equivalent stats to the entire Patriots receivers, which is not even really chirping the Patriots. It's just like that's how good that's he insane is. What he's doing, yeah. Um, but Justin Jefferson at one, number two, I'm gonna go Tyreek Hill. Um, I like Tyreek Hill here this year because he has the other he he has a full healthy Tua hopefully, and he has Jalen Waddle on the other side. He has so many weapons. Um. Just that offense is so overpowering. I feel like he's just gonna he's gonna get his looks. He's gonna get his yards, and you know how fast he can get in the open field. Um, number three, I I'm gonna go Cooper Cup here. Um, big ba- bounce back season. I know he still has Matt Stafford at quarterback, and I know the Rams don't really have a lot going. But Cooper Cup, even last year before he got injured, was having one of the best seasons out of all wide receivers. Um, very he's an easy he's an easy guy to overlook at this point. But two years ago, he was doing things that we've never seen before. Um. He 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 won the triple crown, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the Super Bowl uh, just, MVP. Yeah, and <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. So this guy, not a guy to overlook. I know he had an, uh, a pretty serious injury last year, but uh, I think he'll bounce back pretty heavy. Number four, I'm going to go Devontae Adams obvi- for obvious reasons. Like I said, you can put this guy at one and make it make a pretty good uh, argument for that. But Devontae Adams is an absolute beast. You, you don't know who's really going to be at quarterback this year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo had surgery, if I'm not wrong. So um, we'll see what happens down in, in uh, Las Vegas. But this guy is so much talent, probably the most talent in the league. He's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm going to put him at four. And then number five, I am going to go Stefan Diggs as well, just because of what he can do, what him and Josh Allen can do together. We've seen it year in, year out. Uh, the connection they have is stellar, and Josh Allen loves to throw the ball up to him. Um, one of the best connections in the league, if not the best connection in the league right there. So. Uh, that'll round out my top five. Yeah, I, I like that list there, Mackie. I think uh, Cooper Cup, uh, he he should be up there as number one, but such a tough injury for that position. I mean, I got to see how he comes out off these cuts and what he's doing, and even in training camp and preseason, if he gets those looks. But uh, I think it's, it might be a longer road back, especially the way he plays. He's such like a like a agile player, and with an injury like that, it's going to be hard to come back from. But no, he's he's tiny, so tiny guys usually seem to bounce back strong off these things. So I'm eager to hear Huff's list because I was surprised he didn't put Jamar Chase in there. I know he catches some flack for the drops, but such a beast receiver. I Dude, think he honestly, makes that I did that off the top of my I did that off the top of my head, and I definitely uh, meant to throw in Jamar Chase. I'm an idiot. That seven, like you said, though, with Jamar Chase and AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, uh, Tyree Kill. That's like you can mix those guys so much, and then you added in Cooper Cup who is good enough, but I just think this season, I don't know. So, Yeah, I definitely just fucked up with Jamar, though. I, I should have put Jamar in my bed. I, I, all right, I'll start, I'll start with mine. My, I have the same top three as Ace. I have Justin Jefferson at one, Jamar Chase at two, Devontae Adams at three. Uh, four and five is where I could kind of switch things up, and that's where obviously kind of like the quarterback position, that's kind of where things get kind of into for upper debate. Uh, number four, I put Stephon Diggs. I, I've always been a fan of his, what he did in Minnesota. I think what he was able to carry over, what he was uh, has been able to do with Josh Allen, like Mackie said, in, in Buffalo, what they've been able to do is huge. Uh, so I put Stephon Diggs at number four. Obviously, we don't know what the situation is there going into next year, um, but I put him at number four. Number five, I re- like. I really want to put 
AJ Brown, and then I'm thinking kind of like recency bias, dude. I kind of want to put Debo Samuel here, just kind of like a plug and play, do it all kind of receiver, uh, round it out. I don't necessarily know if he's in that top five, but someone I'd like to put up there, maybe six or seven as an honorable mention, but I'd probably put AJ Brown or Tyree Kill in there at five and have Debo round out that top seven if I had all those names in there. Debo Samuel, I mean, we're doing running back rankings next week, Huff, so there's a good forecast. I was going to say, if he's stuck to wide receiver, maybe, but... No, he's great, and I'm eager to see how he does on a fully healthy season and uh, with some more consistency at quarterback. Mackie, where do you put a guy like C.D. Lamb in this conversation? 11. Uh, I was looking at him. I was going to say around, right around 9 to 10. Where does yeah, a guy like honestly, DeAndre Hopkins come in the conversation? If I'm being realistic, <laughs> I'm actually Hopkins putting... is the toughest question. None of us if said I'm DeAndre being... Hopkins. I know. I thought about it. Because he doesn't play. Honest, exactly. And he, he hasn't, hasn't been on a good team in five but, years. He hasn't shown his true potential in three, four years. So. He hasn't shown the, the full potential since the Hale Murray. I mean, I, yeah, I, that was, I think he's going to the record, the 5 and 11. Yeah, I think he turns up here this year, though, wherever he does land, either Tennessee or New England. I mean, I think he's going to get the bag, be motivated to play, and be on a, a, a true football team with either Vrabel or Belichick. So I think he'll give it a full effort. Um, Cooper Cup, like I, I keep circling back to that. That's He's an X factor because you don't really know what he's going to give you. Um, but there, there's some other names, too. I'm, I'm eager to see the, the jump Jamar Chase takes. I guess having him at two from your guys' point of view, is a bit high early on right now, but I think his potential is one, two with Jay Jettis and the LSU boys. I have him there. I think I think he's two. That connection he has with Joe Burrows, I mean, if 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 Mahomes, like, that's the thing, like, Mahomes doesn't have that go-to receiver, obviously, as Kelsey, and we're talking receivers, so, like, the, I think the connection that Burrow and Chase have is right there. I, I, Mackie pointed out the Allen and Diggs uh, connection, I think, Obviously, that comes from college. I think they brought it to the pros. I think they're obviously they've shown it in their early years, and I think that's something that we're gonna have to deal with in the in the coming years, at least in the AFC North uh, with the Bengals. I I would realistically put Jam- Jamar Chase at two. I just completely forgot about him. So if I was to do my list again, I'd just do Jamar at two and then move everyone back one. But Huff, going back to your uh, D Hop, I I would probably put him a spot ahead of CD. So either eight or nine. I agree. I feel like we're forgetting someone else. No, because you got to say AJ Brown in at seven. Yeah, I feel like we are forgetting someone. I don't know. I mean, then you get into that second tier where you're talking like T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle. I mean, even like Terry McLaurin. No, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin's definitely way above him. Um, DK Metcalf, some of these rookies coming into the league. Um, Keenan Allen, you can even still talk about. Yeah, if Mike Evans, if he's on the field, Mike Evans, great receiver. There's a lot of good names. Yeah. That's one. Of, that's like everybody's favorite position to watch. But uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Um, I was gonna say him. I thought it was a little early for him. It is definitely a little early for him, but he's coming off a pretty stellar season. Yeah, I, I'd agree there. And Detroit's on the up and up. Guys like Drake London, Chris Olave had great rookie campaigns. Um, someone that is pretty funny. I mean, you go back five years, maybe even three years, you'd have Michael Thomas on everybody's list, and look at how far he's fallen. It's crazy. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even put him in my top thirty right now. I don't yeah. even know if he's going to be on the field. Another guy that doesn't like to play, but we'll see. I mean, he could be another X factor for someone like the Saints this season, the weakest division in the league. He plays. Really big F with him. Yeah. 
But all right, let's shift over to the NBA where we are fully into the NBA offseason, having moves left and right. We had the NBA draft last week. Obviously, we saw Victor Wembanyama go number one. That was kind of the consensus. We've known that for a couple of weeks. Uh, but to see some of these picks come to fruition and uh, where these teams had guys land, uh, did any of you guys have any that stood out to you? Ace, how do you feel about your Celtics addressing their issues in the draft? Who, who was their selection? Uh, obviously, picking pretty late, but... Um, I think mm-hmm. it's pretty ace. You're muted. You're muted, ace. Oh, I was gonna say. I think their biggest move of the draft was really changing out. They got that second round pick back in the deal with Porzingis and Marcus Smart. They turned that into four more seconds. I mean, that was probably the biggest win of the draft, in my opinion, for the Celtics. Um, just turning more and more out of that trade, so making it look like a win and getting more assets down the line. Honestly, in my opinion, for another trade. I mean, like I said, they need to do more than Porzingis this offseason. Now you have a bunch of future seconds that you can add into a deal. And we saw someone like Bradley Beal go for something similar. So um, I like what they're doing over there. Got to get over that hump. Yeah. Mackie, what about you? What about, what about your New York Knicks? How are we feeling going in the next I'm year? Pretty sure the Knicks didn't draft in this draft. I was going to say, did um, they not even I, – I didn't even think they had a pick. Did they make any other moves no. coming in at the draft? I don't think so. Um, I'm not – biggest Knicks fan so it's not like I'm on top of that shit but yeah see this is the kind of this is the part of the NBA season where I kind of unplug from the NBA because obviously not having a team I kind of just watch all the big headlines but um we'll get into some of these other big ones if you guys are ready to just move on up from that yeah I don't really need to talk about all right and the Warriors acquire Chris Paul from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Jordan Poole obviously we knew Chris Paul was kind of written on the wall that he wasn't going to play a game for the Washington Wizards uh, he gets moved out to Golden State to be Steph Curry's backup. Um, what do you guys think about this move for Golden State? In in my opinion, the money doesn't make sense. I mean, you're picking up $30 million a year to give to Chris Paul. Um, you that money can definitely go elsewhere. But I mean I I like I mean I don't I don't really like Chris Paul actually, but I think he can get the job done on a team like this. I mean, he doesn't have to be the guy, and he's had to be somebody pretty important in Houston and in OKC and in um, Phoenix, my bad. Um, he's he's had to have a pretty big role. Uh, I was drawing a blank. He's had to have a pretty big role for the past his past three teams. But you know, he coming coming off the bench here, so um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah, I like that move definitely. I mean, it's a, it's the Golden State Warriors. We know they're going to be in the hunt either way. They need to make a shift with all the, the moves going around out west and the super team that is the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I, I like bringing in Chris Paul. Jordan Poole, I guess they're they're trading it in for the uh, win-now method. I don't blame him, but uh, he should be a part of a nice rebuild in Washington. He's Washington's, doing, Washington's doing some big things right now. I swear, they'll, they're going to be good in three, four years. Yeah, they're, they're offloading everybody. I mean, with the Porzingis deal, the Beal deal, um, acquiring pool i like what they've been doing and they've been drafting well as well yeah we'll have to see what comes of that another move and another young team former all-star john collins has been dealt from atlanta to the utah jazz for rudy gay in a second round pick obviously i'm i was a big fan of him a wake forest product john collins he was a big part of that young atlanta hawks team with uh reddish and uh, all those other young guys trey young they have down there but um I don't know, Mackie, what do you what do you think? Yeah, the team kind of just never really lived up to it and John Collins Kevin, out to Utah. I don't yeah, know. Utah, Kevin Utah, Utah was a decent team last year. Do we think this could be a decent pickup for them? 
No, I mean, it's just sad to see that Atlanta team there in the Eastern Conference Finals two years, three years ago maybe, um, and every single role player that they had other than Trey, well, Trey Young's not a role player, but every single player yeah. that they really had that was important um, is pretty much gone now. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, going out to Utah, I don't really think Utah can make much noise. Uh, they started off the season well, but they didn't make the play-in or anything. They finished like – Seven or eight. Yeah, they ended on a ter- they ended the season on a terrible run. Yeah, uh, Utah's kind of dead out there right now. But uh, I don't know. John Collins, this guy, guy kind of fell off. Yeah, he did. Obviously, uh, and you made that point. I kind of forgot the Atlanta Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals. But was that you said two years ago, three years ago now? Two or three. I think it was three now thinking about yeah, it. That- but, you know, Kevin Herter, you had John Collins, you had Cam Reddish, all these guys playing good basketball for them. They're all gone now. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah, I thought that was weird too, Mackie. I thought they had something good going there, and it kind of just blew up pretty quickly. I feel like they thought, like they knew it was a fluke run, to be honest. But they were consistently in the playoffs for like three years, and the the East gets pretty weak when it gets down to those lower seed playoff seeds. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking down there. Yeah, we'll have to see what comes of that. They were, there was obviously moves, and then moving on from Trey Young, and now they move on from John Collins. We'll have to see what comes of that. Um, I think Trey Young's going to be there to stay at least for next season, but um, we'll move on. Another move in the East, a three-time All-Star forward, Chris Middleton, has declined his $40 million player option with the Milwaukee Bucks to become a free agent. Um, where do you guys see Chris Middleton going? Obviously, one ring uh, two years ago with the Bucks. Um, we obviously, it could be a huge piece on any of these teams. This obviously could be a money move, just looking for a new deal with Milwaukee. Um, what do you guys think? Where, where do we see Chris Middleton going? I, def- I definitely think it's what you just said. I think it's more of a money move for Milwaukee, and they need to get him at a better price. Um, I, I don't see him leaving that team as long as Giannis is there, too. I mean, they need their Robin to the Batman. So I think he stays put, and that team sets its eyes on another championship run. Yeah, yeah for, I think he's for a good reason. I think he's a key piece to that stellar offense that they have. Um, they have all the pieces there in Milwaukee. We've seen them win a championship already. Uh, with Giannis, you can pretty much do anything. But, uh, dude, if he gets if he gets dealt, whoever gets him is getting a good fucking player. I'll tell you that. I love Chris Middleton. I've always loved Chris Middleton. Uh, pretty pretty overlooked too. So he was injured yeah. most of last year. So hopefully coming into this year healthy, go see what he can do. Yeah, I I really like this guy. So if he does get dealt, it'll be interesting to see who gets him. Be a big market yeah, no, if so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys, Milwaukee's Milwaukee, but they won up there. And obviously, I mean, when Giannis is there, like Mackie said, I think he got the pieces in play to to run it back. Where do you guys think are some landing spots that he could end up? Where do you think he'd fit? He'd fit anywhere. I mean, especially today's NBA, the size and the outside shot. Bring him to Boston. I know they can't afford him, but that'd be a great that'd be a great ad. Someone like the Heat would definitely be a, a player in that in that race. I think as well. Um, as they're searching for a guy like Beal that they missed out on. So um, I think everybody would be involved, but definitely one of these teams that's just missing out on winning a championship could add him. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think it's what, what I said or what he said initially. I think he will end up with Milwaukee. I think it's mostly just going to be a money move um, to run it back with Giannis another, t- another time, just free up some money. Or, I mean... Sometimes these guys deny these $40 million deals and end up getting 50 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying Chris Middleton's going to get a super max or whatever it is, but uh, I think it, I think he'll end up back in Milwaukee. But, you know, 
We'll see where that goes in the coming weeks when the NBA free agency gets under roll. Uh, we will kick things over to the NHL where we had the NHL draft kickoff tonight uh, at 7 p.m. Someone want to pull up these results if you want to go through some of these? I got them. And we will go um, through these top five picks. Mackie, let's hear who, who ended up through the top five. We'll get the top five here. Uh, Chicago drafted Connor Bedard first overall. I think he was minus 10 million Stunned. to go first overall. Um, who was more favored to go number one, Wembenyama or, Wembenyama or Bedard? Was, God, Jesus. Bedard. Just, Bedard's been so long. It's been he's been the number one. They're both. They're. I mean, it's the next LeBron and it's it's the next McDavid at this point. It's what they're both. But Bedard's been the number one pick in his class since he was 15 years old. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, number two, Leo Carlson went to the Ducks. Uh, kind of a surprise here. Adam fin- Fintilli. Um, who went third overall into Columbus was projected second overall for a very long time. Uh, probably a last second thing that Leo Carson's on here, but overall both insane players. So uh, yeah, Adam Fintilli to Columbus at third. You got your first American off the board. He played NTDP. Will Smith went fourth to San Jose. Uh, San Jose got a nice player here, I think. And number five, David Reinbacker went to uh, Montreal. Not sure who this is, but defenseman. Um, yeah, so that rounds up the top five. I saw that the uh, I saw that the, I was gonna say Shafantilli slipped. That's that's surprising. I thought the Ducks were kind of a lock to pick him. Yeah, I saw you guys followed the Heat Daddy on Twitter. He was saying, "Imagine being pegged as going number two overall all all offseason. You're going over to sunny California. And they're like, nope, we're gonna take this guy Leo Carlson. You're gonna go play in Ohio. No disrespect go, to those guys out there, but much different scene. Go go live it up in Irvine, California with Trevor Zegers. Nope, you gotta go to Columbus." Ohio. Tough scene. I mean, and you get to go play for Mike Babcock, Babcock, right? He's going to be ripping him on the bench the whole time. Um, I wouldn't be too happy if I'm Fantelli, but it's closer to to his uh, alma mater, so pretty cool. It's nice to see Michigan. I sent you guys that post earlier. How much, how many uh, studs they produced insane. the last five that years. Like, that's, that's Alabama football level-esque. Yeah. Two years ago, if, if if I read it correctly, they had four of the first five draft picks. Yeah, 2021. That is absolutely insane, dude. Like, it's all American players, too. I mean, it's not wrong. We saw them in the Frozen Four this year. I mean, they're powerhouse year in and year out. That's where you're going to play if you're playing NCAA hockey and you're going to be a top draft pick. Yeah, obviously. That I mean that that post that you said, I was swiping through that. I was like, damn, I didn't realize half these dudes went to Michigan. But like you said, that is literally the Alabama football of hockey. No, no goalies off the board yet. We're we're twenty nineteen picks in. No goalies. It's because Aiden Hill just won the Stanley Cup. Shout out to him for getting the extension though and staying put. The the NHL teams are figuring out that goalies are not the key to championships. Yeah, I mean Andre Vasilevsky would agree to disagree, but. Recency bias, you're not wrong. All right, we will move into some of these these moves that have happened throughout the NHL offseason so far. The Colorado Avalanche are sending forward Alex Galchenyuk to the Nashville Predators in exchange for Ryan Johansson. Predators will retain 50% of Johansson's salary. Uh, big move. I, I, Galchenyuk's bounced around a couple times throughout the past. Uh, I think he's been on like six teams in the past couple of years. Um, but I think Colorado is getting a very nice piece. Uh, and Ryan, Johan- Ryan Johansson coming back, uh, and especially a money mover. The Predators are going to retain 50% of the salary. I saw the Predators, how many picks they have in the coming years, and they're just fully embracing the rebuild mode. Um, and the, I think the Avs get a nice piece back in uh, Johansson. 
Yeah, I like I like that move getting Johansson, guy who's hungry to win a cup. We saw him there a few years ago. He lost out to your Pens Huff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Great leader, great player. Obviously, has uh, had a down few down years. I think dealt with some injuries, but scoring went down. But a great depth piece. I, I know that they're moving on from guys like JT Confer as well, um, Alex Newhook. So, um, I think this is a good ad. Um, would like to see him make a deep playoff run in the West. So keep cheering for him since he stayed out there. But I, I like this move. Brings a lot of grit, leadership, and veteran uh, stability to a lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll move back over to the East, where the Devils have made a few recent moves. They recently extended Timo Meyer eight years, moved on from goalie Mackenzie Blackwood, and dealt Yegor Sharangovich for Tyler Toffoli. Can these moves spur them into a deeper playoff run, or do they need to continue an already strong offseason? Mackie, I'll hand things off over to you, uh, Rangers, Devils. What do you think? These Devils look like they're kind of beefing up for another playoff run. How do you feel about these New Jersey Devils? Yeah, I have some things to say about this. Um, first, I, I this this team has feared me or has put fear in my eyes for uh, the past year now, and what they've done last year. I going into the playoff series, everyone was like Rangers have it; they had the experience, and I was like, I don't know. I'm not overlooking this Devils team. They're good, and they're better. Like they're good now. How adding Tyler to Foley to that team was exactly what they needed. The Rangers wanted that so bad, and they just went to the other side of the river. But um, they're a goalie away from being, in my opinion, the Stanley Cup favorites, or at least top three. Um, they had top three record in the league this year. They had the experience. They have a playoff se- series the win. Tank. You have Jack Hughes. I think easily a top three. Easily a top three. You have Jack Hughes, who should be a top four player in the league this year, in my opinion. Um, you have the depth now. You have defensemen. You need if you if you add Connor Hellbuck to this team, definitely a top three contender in my opinion. Um, one thing I do want to say about Timo Meyer is that I think he was overpaid, but he is a good piece to this offense. Yeah, that's a good take. That last one there, and uh, you're not wrong with getting Hellebuck. I mean, that's crazy to me that Winnipeg's parting ways there. I would have done whatever I could to keep him, but um, yeah, I mean, unless you must have blocked it out of your memory, do you not remember Akira Schmid? I mean. He was lights out in that playoff run. <laughs> no, he was lights out against the trash Rangers who don't know how to play offense. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, though. If they can somehow get Hellebuck, that's a force to be reckoned with. But I love these moves. You got to love a top six that features guys like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt. And now you're adding Tyler Toffoli, too. It's just another great weapon, a right-handed shot that they desperately needed with everybody else being left-handed that I just named. Um, I like this move for the Devils, and they're they're just getting better and better. Foley always finds himself bouncing around. I don't know why he's such a good player, but he's always on some type of contender. So maybe he'll find himself back in a cup. He is he is so key in my opinion. I think this makes the Devils so much better. I mean, you, the teams that you see him on every year, he gets dealt, and it's supposed to be a super team. Team falls apart, and he's dealt again. You are kind of right about that. It's funny. Hopefully it happens again. Not to, n- not because of him. He's a great player, too. Sniper goal scorer. Just, yeah, crazy to see. But um, moving on from Blackwood, that's the right, right move, I think, as well. One, one more thing I want to say about this. Do you guys think it's crazy that I just said Jack Hughes could be a top four player in the league next year? No. No, I, 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 I don't think he'll be a top. I personally don't think so. But his age and what he's already come to and what his ceiling could be, I, I mean – you couldn't be far off, but I, I'd like, I'll take other guys. I could probably name four off the top of my head. I'd take before him. 
I don't know, dude. He was he was flying. He looked so good the end of last season. I'd probably I definitely could see what Mackie's saying top four in the league next year. I I say this because I I think he has something in him that I see that I've literally like you only see it in like McDavid and McKinnon. Like the, he has that explosive feature to him that like nobody else has on the ice, and it's so obvious that he's just so much better at hockey than everybody else. Problem is he's one hundred and eighty pounds, five eleven. Yeah, you think Connor Bedard's gonna be better than him? Uh, it's too. It's too soon to say. I think Jack Hughes is definitely a generation. I'm gonna talent. like the NHL giving Connor Bedard a way too early NHL award. I'm gonna give him the award over Jack Hughes, which is crazy to say. I'm gonna take him over Jack Hughes. I. I mean, yeah, you can definitely go either way here. Obviously, you can make your case for Bedard, but uh, both so young, they're gonna be battling it out for years to come. It's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah, this Devils team is definitely on the up and up, just like uh, the Rangers. So they might be the team from the river that's uh, really taking off. Rangers aren't going nowhere. Not not yet. We'll see what Peter Laviolette can do. Oof. And another move that we had that I actually really liked for the LA Kings forward, Pierre-Luc Dubois, has been sent to the Los Angeles Kings in a sign-and-trade. Dubois then signed an eight-year, $8.5 million year, or per year extension to stay in LA for the next eight years. Obviously, LA coming off a playoff appearance last year, loss against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Put up a good fight. I believe they lost that series in what six, six, seven games, if I remember correctly. But six to um, Vegas. No, L- LA. I thought they lost to uh, Edmonton in the first oh, round. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Oilers. My bad. Yeah, no, uh, six yeah. to the Oilers. Yeah, but I don't know, dude. I really like this move for LA. I think this LA team is on the up and up. I saw a list of their lineup for their potential lineup coming in the next year, and they're definitely a team I could see putting up a fight. Yeah, and and that West is so weak. I mean, compared to the stack teams out east. Uh, we talked about your Penguins and a move we're going to get into later, but um, we were talking about teams that want to win now and they're sticking to their guns with Crosby and that. I think the, the LA Kings did it the right way. They had their cup runs. They won, what, two or three in the mid-teens uh, about 10 years ago? Years. Yeah, and they kept their stars like Anze Kopitar and Drew Doughty around, and they built around guys that were Dustin Brown and others that were still there, but... They still have Kopitar and Dowdy, and they brought up this youth that's really blossomed into a good team. Now they're adding guys like Dubois, and they added Corpusalo. I like all these moves they've been making out there in LA. I think they can uh, really stick them stick that claim to another playoff spot um, back to back years. They they also still have a stud in Alex Turcott that's been in in a in a, the AHL. I think he's been in the AHL. He could be yeah. injured, but he was drafted fifth overall in 20, 2019. Kid's a stud. He was at, he played NTDP too. Um, definitely a name you're probably going to hear in the next few years. I love their young core. I think the Kings have something good going on. Yeah, one other move that we didn't really note here, but Sean Dursey, they dealt him to the Coyotes uh, from their blue line. In that Kings team, I mean, they just have so many names. Quentin Byfield's out there. People forget about him. Um, you st- but I, yeah, I like I liked Drew Doughty leading the way, though. And guys like Aya Falo stepped up. Um, there's depth all throughout that team. And- Kempe, I like Kempe. Kempe, Kempe's a dog. Yeah, there's just so many names there. I mean... How do they not get back to the playoffs this year? And uh, six games against the Oilers, that's not not an easy task. So they definitely have a bright future ahead, just like those Devils we were talking about earlier. Dude, the Mets, the Mets bullpen is like actually a AAA bullpen. I'm not even kidding. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Our best reliever is Adam Adovino, and he just gave up a two-run fucking single in the top of the eighth. Oh! And another move that we had out west, the Colorado Avalanche bolstered their prospect pool by adding Alex Newhook 
to or by sending Alex Newhook to Montreal for a player, a first and a second round pick. Obviously, the Colorado Avalanche pretty obviously the cup favorite coming in the next year, looking to build their forward of their future. I'll get into this next point. The Philadelphia Flyers continue to unload as they move on from the costly Kevin Hayes by re- by receiving a sixth rounder from the St. Louis Blues. I mean, full rebuild mode. We've been talking about it when they moved on from Provorov. Uh, there were murmurs of Hart being dealt. Um, I think he will be as well, but they're just getting, it's a fire sale there. And for a sixth, Kevin, Hayes still has a big impact on the game. I think a uh, good move by the Blues. Yeah, Philly's terrible. So we all knew Hayes was coming. It was just who could afford to take him on. And you don't really have to give up anything. I mean, Kevin Hayes is going to still put up maybe 15, 20 goals at least next season. So um, I think great ad by the Blues. Yeah, I agree. And the Boston Bruins are looking to retool their roster this offseason after a disappointing playoff run. To free up some cap space, they dealt Taylor Hall and Nick Foligno to the Chicago Blackhawks for multiple prospects. Expect many more moves to come for Boston. Ace, we have finally received your last text that says Taylor, Taylor Hall. Taylor, Taylor Hall is not a Boston Bruin. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, I knew you guys would say that. My buddies, so we were on Xbox the other day. I was with a couple of buddies from around here and then one friend who's from Long Island. So he's a Rangers fan, loves to shit on the Bruins a bit. But um, so the, he said, oh, you guys love saying Taylor Hall is so good. I said, no, no, never said he was good. I just said he's a Boston Bruin. Loved having him, <laughs> but he was definitely overpaid. Um, I'm so happy they moved on from him rather than other guys. And fingers crossed that this is uh, opening the door for a Tyler Bertuzzi reunion. Um, Taylor Hall was getting paid too much money playing the role he was in. You can find someone younger and cheaper to do that. And he wasn't producing as much as he could. I know he had a good playoff series against the Panthers, but still just didn't do enough to win. So next guy up, give me Tyler Bertuzzi. Nick, I, Uncle Nick, love you, but see you too. No, I, I, if you guys hold on to Bertuzzi, I love this move. Bertuzzi is so valuable, especially to that team. He plays that role so well. It came in yeah. and impact immediately. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this move. Like you said, he was overpaid too. Yeah, and I'm a Red Wings guy. I hated to see the Red Wings moved on, move on from Bertuzzi. He fits so well with that Bruins depth uh, down the middle and uh, for their bottom six. He's a great piece, and I think if you guys are able to hold on to him, that's a huge piece. Yeah, I'm, him and Pasta, dude. Didn't him and Pasta have a crazy connection? Yeah, I think if, if we can hold on to him, I, I'm hoping we can re-sign him. That's the biggest need, in my opinion. But it's got, Don Sweeney's got to be creative. You've already seen that with this move. He's going to make a lot of trades. He's going to sign a lot of people when he frees up the money. Um, he's going to have to make a decision with his goaltenders. I think he's going to get pressured by people sending out qualifying offers to Jeremy Swayman with a high total and making him match that or decide who's his goalie of the future or if, what he's going to do. And um, I'm hoping Bergeron stays for one more because if we can get a line of Zaka, Pasternak, and Bertuzzi, and then Bergeron, Marshawn, DeBrusque, I think we're back in business. So uh, it, it's going to be a long summer, but... I, I don't envy the work Don Sweeney's going to have to do, but I think it's going to be fun to, to watch it unfold. Still got a lot of hopes in that team. Yeah, yeah a, lot of, a lot of big names still on, on the roster. And we had the NHL awards this past week. I'm going to rip through some of these uh, awards that we had. Connor McDavid, the Hart Trophy. Matty Beneers, the Carter Trophy. Eric Carlson won the Norris. Linus Allmark won the Vesna. Jim Montgomery, Jack Adams, and Patrice Bergeron took home his sixth Selkie of his career. 
Um, Ace, I knew you, <clears throat> excuse me, I know you had a bunch of futures on these. Uh, I know it looks like from these results, I think I remember you hitting on all Mark Veneers and McDavid. Um, so nice to see some of those come through. I don't know, remember what any of the odds were that you had on them, but place those feels like a good, good while back. Yeah, those had plus on them all, didn't you? Except for McDavid. McDavid was like the heavy favorite midway through the season. This was in early January. I placed these. And um, yeah, McDavid was still the heavy favorite. I think minus 275. But had to smack that on a career year for McJesus. And then Olmark and Beniers were at plus, And they were well on their way, in my opinion. I mean, I felt like we were talking about both of them all year long, taking home those awards. And that's exactly what they did. So love to see it. Um, Jimmy- yeah, I think... I think you got Omar like with like a fifteen zero and three record at like plus money. Yeah, that's crazy. I was like, I have to throw on and Beniers. I mean, that was my pick coming into the year. I had him in fantasy hockey. Been following him his whole time. I kind of thought the crack would play a bit better, centered around him, first line center, um, and he really stepped up to the occasion. Led his team to the playoffs, so led the point scoring as well. I mean, great to see it earned. And then shout out my boy Jimmy Mont for taking home the Coach of the Year award. You guys, you guys think Eric Carlson deserved that? Yeah, he was, he he had a great year, dude. It's hard to he say. Was dude. Minus twenty. No, Mackie. T- here's this: fifteen years ago, no, and today's NHL, yes. Also, Fox led it like led in like every single important stat. It was pretty incredible. But I mean, he did have an incredible season. He had a hundred point season as a defenseman in his what eighteenth year. Um, I'm not gonna take that away from him, but. I, I think you probably could have gave it to two other guys. Other it was like a one last thing for him. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess. I, I don't hate it, but I think Fox did get snubbed. And it was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be in the voting. Yeah, I definitely could see that. That's a good point. Huff, did you see uh, McDavid's voting? No. There was one. So he won, he got every single first place vote except for one. Yeah, someone gave Pasta one? No, but they gave McDavid fifth like that person gave me david fifth in mvp mvp voting yeah it's like you're just being an asshole yeah come on like i understand you can give someone a pasta i'm not it's like how do you have a vote you you put mcdavid you gotta put mcdavid at two if you're gonna take somebody over him yeah it's like how how do you have a vote if you're gonna put mcdavid at five i do i saw a twitter thread of like people going at it about how he shouldn't have a vote or if he should it's like dude if you're doing something that outlandish there are not four guys in the league this year that deserve that over him yeah, especially this year. One of them was like Ilya Sorokin. <laughs> I think you had Ilya Sorokin at like three. It was ridiculous. Yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm taking Sorokin over McDavid going in the next year. More valuable. But we will switch things over to the baseball world where we had the College World Series wrap up this past weekend uh, after losing game two by 20 runs. The LSU Tigers bounce back to win the College World Series on Monday by defeating the Florida Gators by a score of 18-4. to And the state of Florida just stays losing in championship games as now the Florida Gators are the latest Florida team to lose and come in second place. Philly has totally just been put on the second place uh, seat. No, no pun intended there, but Florida, they just can't can't get a championship, can't bring one home lately the past couple months. Yeah, no, that's crazy to watch. That's a good point, Huff. I didn't even think about it. But the funny thing to me is you win by 20 runs and the next night you get blown out. I mean, next game you get blown out. That's that's crazy. And that's just it's a shame that World Series was blowouts game two and three because game one was so electric. Right. The, game one well, was 11, awesome. 11 innings. Yeah. Yeah. 
4-3 win. I was watching that at the bar. When he hit that home run, I was like, let's go. I was on, on LSU game one. I don't I don't know much about College World Series or even college baseball for, for that. But um, I guess this is how it goes. It's just um, win by 20 or lose by 20. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it comes down to the pitching, honestly. And if your pitchers go one day and they you don't have pitching for the next day, that's what my friend was telling me, that pitching's very hard to come by. The, the elite arms are spread out because the, the, the league is so watered down. Um, it's kind of like uh, good good quarterbacks in college football, I guess. Once you get past those top teams, everybody's is about equal. All right, and we will switch things over to the MLB where we will go through our weekly power rankings. Mackie, do you want to take us away from here? Yeah, so uh, this week's power rankings, we have a newbie on the on the list. Uh, it was a close one, but he they did sneak their way in. We got the Miami Marlins coming in at the five spot, making their debut. This team's been pretty electric. I think they they deserve it. There's a few teams that deserve it. Uh, the Reds were right there. Giants are right there. Um, I, the Diamondbacks obviously are right there. I think that's who they nudged out for that five spot. But um, I think we're gonna see this list changing a little in the next few weeks. Number four, we got the Texas Rangers. Been on there for a few weeks straight, holding steady. Still one of the better teams in the league. Number three, Baltimore Orioles. Number two, Atlanta Braves. Number one, Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, Mackie, with that Marlins team really jumping up everybody's rankings, got to be the most surprising team of the midway point of the season. I mean, who would have thought that in that tough NL East with the Phillies and Mets that they would be in second place, (coughs) excuse me, behind the Mets. And, um, They've really just shown their way. Obviously, we thought Alcantara was going to be him, and he wasn't. But they've had guys like Luzardo and Yuri Perez step up. AJ Puck um, really closing down that bullpen. But guys like Louis Arias batting 400. You trade away Pablo Lopez, and he stepped up to the plate. You brought in Jorge Soler, and he's having an MVP uh, first half. He's going to be an all-star, um, maybe home run derby type guy. And then the lineup goes down. you got Jazz, who hasn't even played good baseball yet. If he can get in the stride, they're going to be rolling he hasn't played all season yeah that's what i'm saying early on he was no he was he was playing for the first uh few months then he was missed a month okay yeah missed a month or two um yeah dude those first three batters with uh arias solaire and de la cruz it's very tough to get through those three um i was was, the other night arias let off didn't even get a hit and they scored four runs in the first inning so even if you do get through a guy who's batting 400 you have a Pretty stacked lineup behind. That's why the Marlins are so good right now, and the pitching is clicking and everything. This team's scary, dude. I'm I'm just wondering if Yuri Perez gets shut down or not. I mean, he's never thrown over 78 innings in a pro season, and uh, he went all the way up from like high A to the MLB, youngest player in the league. First, what 2003, 2005, whatever it is, born head to play. Yeah, yeah, first one to play in the league, youngest one, and he's been lights out. He's he hasn't allowed a run in like one run in his last seven starts. I mean. How do you shut a guy like that down? But he's your future, so I'm eager to see how they handle this. No, you gotta let him. You gotta let him do what he's doing. I mean, he, he, you keep this up, and he's got a Cy Young campaign. But like, he's twenty. I I, I see what Ace means. He's a future. Like, I, I understand both sides. You let him do what he's doing, but like, also like he gets burnt out and fucks up his arm at twenty. You know what I mean? Look at Chris Sale. Listen, we did it. We did to him once in the World Series. Guy hasn't been the same since. Guys like Jacob Degrom, guys like Jacob Degrom, maybe load management could have helped him. In my opinion, he's twenty years old. I mean, you're 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 more healthy now. You're less prone to injuries now than you will ever be. 
um, ride it out. Give the guy a chance. I mean, he's dominating the best league in the in the world. Just let him keep going while he can. Yeah, we get to see him. Uh, I think he takes the hill either tomorrow or the next day this week, and that'll be entertaining to watch. Um, one of my favorite young arms in the league. But all these teams deserving their spot, and I, I have a feeling a shakeup's coming soon. But maybe those Braves are going to be taking over the race for the first place too. Too definitely keep an eye on that. 19 out of their last 22. So this team, they're rolling. Yeah, absolutely incredible. They're, they're yeah. who we thought were. They're nothing, no surprises, yeah. though. Yeah. Marlins 4 1. They just start again? Yeah, I guess he had a three run shot. No, not even. And another team that has been rolling, like you guys said, the Cincinnati Red Star. Ellie De La Cruz hits for the cycle in an 11 10 victory over these Atlanta Braves. In a thrilling comeback, Braves led 5-0 after the top of the first inning. Um, Reds was, was a part, I believe, that they're still part of their 12-game win streak that they were on before the Braves did snap it. Um, but De La Cruz becomes the fat, the youngest player to hit for the cycle in a shortest amount of time or a shortest amount of games. Uh, so he continues to just break all the stats uh, in, in his short MLB career so far, and we'll have to see what the Reds are capable of. But um, what do you guys have to say on this? We've talked so much about this Reds team, but... I don't know if I have anything else to say about him other than this lineup is literally a fucking powerhouse. Joey Votto's back and hitting dingers too. Uh, they ran into a tough team with the Braves and then they ran into the Orioles, but I have them tonight and they're up 6-4 late in the game, so hopefully they can hang on, but one of the most exciting teams to watch. And if you guys saw the clips of their stadium, Reds Faithful is showing out for them now too. It's getting pretty electric there, so maybe this could propel them to get onto that NL Central. We were talking about those... Uh, Plus odds the last few weeks. Hopefully you can jump on while you can. Absolutely. Yeah, Huff, did, Huff, did you get it? Did you get it plus four hundred? No, I ended up. I I keep waiting for uh, to look at the odds. Like sometimes, at least not on like Fanduel and DraftKings. Like they're always moving, but um, where I want to take it, they lock. Like when the games are live, and I always forget to take it in the morning. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that Red Brave series probably the best series of the season so far. Yeah, that game. I probably electric. can still get. Uh, they're probably. Uh, what's the standing? Are they are they in first place? Because the yeah, Brewers. Yeah, they're in first. And they got two two games, two three games on. They're definitely not plus four hundred. You probably get them like plus one fifty now. I'm curious. I'm gonna check what it is on Fanduel. Because it was four four twenty five two weeks ago when I was talking about that. Yeah, I'm I saw four seventy. It, dude, it changed so much in that like day or two during that twelve game win streak. Oh yeah. The Reds are plus 300. Still great value. And the Brewers are minus, aren't they? The Brewers are plus 120. How are they plus 120? That team's not even good. No pitching on that Cincinnati Reds roster, and plus they think a late season collapse for a young team is in store. But I really think they're not even playing their best baseball yet. Yeah, they won 12 in a row, and that's a big swing. You could say they are. But I think these young guys are just going to keep getting better and better, and they have more prospects to bring up as well. It'll, it'll be interesting to see, but I'd say oh. throw on it while you can at that uh, at those odds. They're they're giving me Jaguars vibes. Yeah, I can see that something like that. Also, yeah. what are the car- what's the Cardinals odds? Probably pretty uh, high. Plus six hundred. Not high enough for what is it, what they're sitting at. Yeah, Cubs are right behind the Reds at plus three twenty. Buckos are down there. Down there in the basement of 19 to 1 now after that tough losing streak. They're rolling today, though. Yeah, I said that a couple weeks ago. I said, I think we've seen the last of these Pittsburgh Pirates. 
Hmm. Ace, when are these when are these Padres gonna get it out of the dumps, dude? Uh, if they can get all healthy, I mean, it's crazy how injury prone they've been, but I still think there's time for them to come back because that's not a team you want to see in the playoffs. More than enough time, no doubt. Not a team you want to see in a one game play-in. Not a team you want to see in the playoffs. I don't think. Absolutely. And adding to an already awful year, Blue Jays pitcher Alec Manoa was punished for 11 runs in his first start for Toronto's FCL affiliate. Many are wondering if the former West Virginia Mountaineer will ever turn it around. I saw this, what was it, 10 hit, like 10 hits or 12 hits in the first inning, something insane, or in his whole start. I, I, I couldn't even look at the stats. I was like, this is insane. Then obviously you see all the memes and the stuff on Twitter about this, and then I'm um, curious to hear what you guys think of this. Obviously, he's been the talk of most of the baseball world the past couple of days after putting up this stat line. Meatball Manoa. Yeah, I mean, the the only reason I backed this guy up is because he's a like he's WU alum. I don't even know if he's a alum, but he went to WU. Um, but you're you're clowning yourself. Ever since you called out Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole has been absolutely stellar, and you're you're, you're getting lit up for eleven runs in one point two innings in Double A baseball. Uh, what do you say? Wasn't his quote the the only pressure I know is in tires, but there's a lot of pressure on you right now. But I did read one thing <laughs> that may have uh, that may have added to his failures this season. I think the pitch clock is really screwing with him, so he's gonna have to figure out a way to, to maneuver around that. Big guy. I think he had like the highest uh, time in between pitches last year or something. So it's definitely it definitely has to do, has something to do with that. I don't think it's coming this year. I, I don't think it's coming this year, but he's still so young. I think he'll eventually get back to it, but might need a change of scenery from Toronto. Absolutely. And we'll touch on a couple of guys that have been on absolute fire these past couple of weeks. Currently, Shohei Otani, Luis Arias, Ronald Acuna Jr. are playing the best baseball in the season's first half. Meanwhile, a guy that we mentioned, Ellie De La Cruz, Yuri Perez, and Corbin Carroll have led the way for the Rooks this season. Keep an eye on those guys in the coming weeks. Absolutely. And as we look ahead for the MLB All-Star rosters to be announced, tune in next week when we disclose who the starters will be for both the American and National League. Um, other than that, do you guys have anything else you want to say on the MLB? Yeah, we'll definitely get those uh, All-Star rosters out to you guys next week. I know they're in that final phase now. We have to pick the starters, but let it be known that both Shohei Otani at the DH position in the AL and Ronald Acuna Jr., at the outfield spot in the NL have already clinched their starting role with their vote leading in their respective uh, league. So we'll definitely get that for you. I'm, I'm eager to see these starters and then I'm, I'm happy to watch that best, best talent in the world on display. They actually announced the uh, futures game as well too. So that's actually pretty fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, Acuna, Acuna and Otani, two faces of the league of the MLB at this point Two. Otani is absolutely ridiculous what he's doing. You see what he did last night? night Three for three the other night. Two home runs. I think it was two solo shots. Seven innings pitched, was it, with like 10 Ks or whatever it was? Only one earned. How do you do that? It's unreal. He's on pace for 50-plus home runs and like 250-plus Ks. His win share was .4 on the offensive side and .4 on the defensive side. It's almost a full win. It's like never been seen before. The market just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and the price tag for Shohei Otani just keeps going up and up. He's gonna get. He's gonna get six hundred. He's gonna get. He might get seven hundred million dollars on a contract. I mean, he deserves it for how often he plays and how often he pitches. But question: What? How long do you think he can keep this up? 
it's definitely it's it's right there with like Lamar Jackson scrambling. It's the same exact type of thing. You, you can't think? do this forever. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no way. He can no, he can hit the baseball no like that. He's twenty eight, dude. Yeah, it's the MLB. Yeah, but you're it's it's a it's a <laughs> stamina. You're not gonna have you, you don't have the athleticism that you did when you're twenty. Paul Goldschmidt just won the NL batting title last year. At what age thirty five? first baseman. He's not throwing seven innings every every fifth day. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. The pitching you might have a you might have some legitimacy behind that, but I don't think he'll lose his talent with the bat. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying being a dual threat as good as he is, how long do you think he can do it? At least at least till he's age thirty three season, thirty two. You think six five five, six yeah. more years of this? Five. Uh I, I'd say he's got two more years of doing Did you guys ever read the plan he had and that he's already followed to a T? Mackie, realistically realistically, Mackie, I'd say three to four. I think once he gets his seven hundred million dollar contract, he's definitely gonna chill out on the training. They're gonna load manage him a lot more. Yeah. Very, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a completely different player. It's tough to compare him to anything we've seen, though, because we've never seen an, a player of Asian heritage really be this premier in a dual threat like this. I don't know. I, I He's very into his craft. What does it mean, Asian <laughs> Because it, it does. It, it, it's, it's different. It's different. It's different. <laughs> I was expecting you to say, like, we haven't seen a dual athlete like this come out with Asian heritage. No, I think that's important to note. I think that I think that that, that keys into his success. You don't? I I, I guess yeah. I, I, no, actually, I don't. How? I do. I do. What, what comes into play? There's like his dedication to his craft and the way he goes about it. Did you guys ever read the plan he had of of modernizing Japanese baseball? No. Yeah. Okay. So, so there it is. That, that, that's why you're saying it because you're because of his plan about modernizing. Japanese. You didn't read that. He's followed it to a T. No, I did. Every no. go find it. By every age, he had a goal for what he was going to achieve. Oh yeah, when he won the World Baseball Classic this he's year, on, he's on cue with everything. That's actually awesome. I didn't know that. I, I'll have to look into that. But, but yeah, I, I, as soon as you said yeah. that, Mackie like looked. He like turned his head. He's like, what the. Fuck does that have anything? To do no, because he said it like he was like we've never seen anything like this. I thought it was gonna be like this dual athlete. He's like the Asian heritage. I was like, oh. Yeah, when's there ever been? When the, when's there ever been an Asian-born player as the face of the league? The closest you could say is Ichiro Suzuki. Ichiro, but he, he wasn't the face of the league. No. Yeah, you're right. No, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. It just no, caught me on guard. A little. I'm not, so not getting racially motivated, Mackie. Don't worry. <laughs> there's ba- there's there's facts behind my uh, wording. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, you're I think right, that's. I think that's a good point to end it. Are we all good there? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, I think that's gonna do it for us this week on Hit the Books. Make sure you're staying tuned for all of our daily MLB plays going into every night. Um, whenever we find the value, post it on to, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's gonna do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. Make sure to leave a like, follow, subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, leave a rating, review, whatever you gotta do. It goes a long way. So. We appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of Hit the Books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week. Without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here, so please like, share, and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again, and see you next week.